0: guys welcome to the skates throats podcast this is your host chris Patton. as always i'm joined by this beautiful bitch named lolo keegan keegan say hello to the good people
1: <laughs> what's going on guys chris man how was your week how was your week
0: it was a week i uh i worked my ass off honestly as crazy as that sounds even though it was from home it was a crazy week for me lots of uh coding and and typing and my hands hurt and not because I jerked off or played guitar too much, but just because my hands hurt. How, how about you, Keegan? How how your week go?
1: <laughs> well, my hands hurt because I jerked. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, now I work I work ten hour days. Uh, for this week, uh, I'm doing it for a while while this whole coronavirus mess goes on. But it's good because I get four four ten hour days on, and I get four days off, and it, it, it's it's great. I get to spend time with my family. Um, you know, I, I took the kids out to the park. We were kicking the football around, stuff like that. And uh, I 100%ed the Hitman 2 video game as of today.
0: Man, so you're way ahead of me because I have not started Hitman 2. So, what what is your favorite thing about Hitman 2? Before I guess we get into this hockey show, let's talk well, a little I, bit about video games.
1: I, I I think my favorite thing about it is that now I'm I'm a trained killer. You know, I could I could go out <laughs> there and become a professional assassin because i got the stats to back it no um honestly i enjoy the game you know it's there is no one specific way to do something in that game you know you can you can go any which way to figure out how you want to do something you can set a domino effect in where you do one thing and it causes four things to happen it's 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 a good game the only bad thing i can say about it is that the glitches and absolute bugs that are still in this game after, what, God, a year, maybe? It's it's embarrassing. I mean, one one of the glitches literally dashboards your game completely. And yeah, that's there's it. nothing you do.
0: So, I will give them a little bit of credit because they got dropped off the, the actual big development party they were a part of, right? So, they bought the rights to Hitman to put out Hitman 2 separately.
1: Uh, when they became I O I, they basically uh, they they fall under Warner Brothers now, um, and it used to be it, it it's a whole mess. Hitman Hitman has changed hands quite often, um, and overall Hitman is a great series and a wonderful game, um, but I think I think this one just got kind of rushed and they don't have the support to really fix it. Um, they're focusing more on putting out more and more missions instead of really going back and fixing what isn't there
0: gotcha gotcha I just I the only reason I even brought that up is because I do remember that they got dropped from their original uh, team owner they had to buy their way out of that contract with the hitman's license after one right I think that was at like last year's e3 or that maybe even the e3 before the and I remember that being a big point of contention I've only played uh the demo for hitman 2 which is that first uh, f1 track which is a lot of fun and there's a lot of crazy shit you can do in there which makes for incredible gameplay. I love that hit the the Hitman they released on Xbox One that let's just call that the new Hitman, right? Being very open world and everything you were able to do. And as someone who's completed the game, so that means that you did all of the tuxedo only missions or whatever suit only missions. Uh, that's some of my favorite stuff to do is like figuring out how to do the mission suit only. Is that, is that part of your favorite part or? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Being able to go in there and and try to find your way and like, all right, how can I sneak through this? You're, it takes a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of patience and you have to sit there and watch movements and stuff like that and be like, okay, this guy's going to turn around now and then you can go ahead and go and sneak into the building. It's definitely
0: wild. I enjoy it. Do you have an a favorite agent forty seven moment? because mine is when you kill that drummer and then dress up like a drummer and then he just like bangs the shit out of those skins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh gosh, my, my, there's there's so many favorite moments. Um, but my favorite moment would probably have to go all the way back to hitman Blood money. Um, and just just the uh, a new life when you're you're running around suburbia. And at one point, you could just walk around and just hit people with a bat and throw them in a, in a garbage can, in a garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> you could put the whole the whole little neighborhood in a garbage can. Back there.
0: God, it's been so long since I played Blood Money, but that was also a really fun game. I think if I had to go old school Hitman, it'd be the uh, – maybe it's the beginning of Hitman 2 where you're in the confessional booth. The very, very oh beginning of that gosh, opening yeah. scene. Hey, that's Padre. yeah that's a that's like a really cool storyline sets up at the opening in the game but uh we're not here to talk about video games we're here to talk about hockey <laughs> how's hockey been going for you bud you've been out there you've been skating you've been blocking i have
1: been doing none of that sir <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you know i the, the rink got shut down here you're not even allowed on it um it's it's they've been shutting down a lot of the local parks. Luckily, the fields are still open because oh, you could be far away from people if you're in a field, which is great. Awesome. Thank God. Um, so mostly it's I've been, you know, practicing my kicks, getting ready for the uh, the upcoming um, football season if we end up having one.
0: So why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about that, because I'm sure the listeners would like to know that you're a semi pro kicker. <laughs> Headed for the the Jason Elam of the podcast as as one might think. Keegan. Uh tell us a little bit about the team you're gonna be playing for and, and uh how you became a kicker maybe. I think people will be interested in this story.
1: So so I actually uh when I was in the army in South Korea, I was playing soccer over there and uh I, I got pretty good with kicking, uh you know, playing soccer. <laughs> So w- with all that going on, um, came back here and I was like, so glad I'm going to be able to start playing hockey again. So I was able to, you know, get some gear together, you know, go out there with some friends, you know, block some shots and stuff like that. And, uh, a buddy of mine who actually played semi-pro, uh, he, he asked me, he goes, Hey, you know, you ever thought about football? I'm like, I mean, kind of played in high school, you know, I wasn't a kicker there, but he goes, Oh man. All right. Well, come try out. So I go to the tryout and, uh, it's for the, uh. The East Coast Football League, the ECFL, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll try out. I I make four four field goals in a row, and the coach just comes up. He goes, "You're fine. You're good. You're
0: ours." <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I, I guess that settles that. <laughs> so how far how far are we talking out? Like 30, 25 yards, thirty yards. Uh 35s. Thirty five. Wow, damn. I, yeah, just and I was just probably... like, all right tear my hamstring trying to even kick 35 yards not even making it past the goalpost. <laughs> at this point in my life this is this is where i'm at in life and uh 35 yard field goals it's not <laughs> it's not part of it
1: like, i remember man i'm 28 you know i'm not a boomer like you so oh dude I'm, my, my I'm body's still stupid. fresh <laughs>
0: God, i'm not that old i'm only 31 so, we're not that far <laughs> apart sir
1: <laughs> so we went ahead and uh we got that settled up and it was, uh, it was, it's pretty cool. It's definitely exciting. The, the team I'm playing with, uh, a good group of guys, uh, they want me to play on defense. They were like, you know, you're, you're keeping up with some of our faster wide receivers. You ever thought about playing corner? I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm fat now. I don't, I don't run by a <laughs> kick.
0: <laughs> so, so hopefully, hopefully a the little, little bit, I did play in middle school and a little bit in high school was, uh, I played corner and running back, but I'm fucking terrible at football. Like I, it never clicked with me. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I can totally go play for this team because <laughs> I was terrible back then. And I'm sure I'm even worse now as fucking out of shape as I am.
1: Well, it's funny. They're like, so are you our kicker? I'm like, yeah, if you'll have me, and the guy goes, Oh, Oh, you gonna be humble about it. You're going to be humble about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what do I say? <laughs>
0: well it's it's all good man that's exciting and uh we'll definitely we're definitely going to live stream your games with uh at least chris Patton commentary over top of of one of these things i'm sure it'll get posted up somewhere <laughs> so that we can talk about your kicking excellence the jason elam of the podcast the goat <laughs> Uh, Keegan. All right. So, uh, we have some kind of some big news. I didn't expect this to break this week, but, uh, as we all know, Bufflin pretty much dodged Winnipeg all season. He supposedly had knee surgery, but it kind of came out that that maybe wasn't really a thing. And then he didn't play the entire season for the Winnipeg Jets, which while the Winnipeg Jets still did well, you would think if, you know, Dustin Bufflin was fucking there, they would have done better. You'd have to think that, right? Um, Yeah. So uh, he was granted a leave of absence on September uh, 12th, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent today. So the craziest part about this is as a hockey player, he is stepping away from what I think is $14 million for the next two years. And this is not something you see athletes do. You, you you generally see them just give a half-hearted effort or try to get traded or try to move the contract. Bufflin is literally like, I think I'm fucking done with hockey. And it's not a retirement thing. He's just walking away from this contract, which in theory would make him someone that could be re-signed because of the leap of absence, the fact that the uh, NHLPA, Players Association, and uh, the NHL in general agreed that he's just okay to be done. If hockey gets back, which it was ankle surgery, not knee surgery, sorry, that he had in October or whatever. Um, if hockey gets back, would you take a flyer on Bufflin considering the season and everything that's happened in Winnipeg? And I would also keep in mind, we haven't had one of these in a while, but Line a watch. <laughs> All of the Line A stuff that was going on in the off season before Bufflin decided he wasn't going to play. You know,
1: it, turn his back on fourteen milli like that. Uh, let's let's be real. Um, the the article I'm reading sums it up perfectly. It's just another example of Buff being Buff. <laughs> I mean, you look at you look at his career. It, the guy the guy's absolutely physically dominant. Um, even after the surgery, I I think he still can you know. I think he still would be able to go out there and and make a, a really strong effort on the ice. But I don't think he cares. You know, I don't I don't think he cares right now. I I I, I wouldn't take the risk on him at all. Um, you know, as good of a player as he is, he's going to be like um, Sandoval was to the Red Sox. You know, he comes off of a World Series win, but he refuses to sign a weight agreement with the team. So they get rid of him. So what does Boston do? They're like, oh, yeah, we'll pick him up. He won't get fatter. And what does he do? He shows up to Boston 20 pounds heavier and then continues to grow. It's I I don't think he's going to care. I don't think he's going to care enough to stay in shape, to play. He's going to find every reason not to get back on the ice. That's just that's me, though. I don't think he's I don't think he's worth signing risk.
0: So, I mean, I think the question is, would he get back in shape to play for, say, a Chicago or a Florida, which uh, was uh, what the hell is the name of the GM for Florida right now? I can't. He he played for him in Chicago, basically, or go back to Chicago and finish up his career there and maybe have a shot at a playoff team. Um, Do you think that maybe he would do something like that? Because to me, I don't think that Bufflin is done. I think he was really frustrated with the line a situation and some of the things that are going on in Winnipeg in general, Right. because he's always been a solid player. And it's just baffling to me that he decided to, you know, hang it up all of a sudden.
1: Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I could see him, you know, given the chance to go to Chicago and play with a playoff team. Absolutely. I would hope that he would care, but I feel like it's just gonna take that one little thing to like kind of tick him off to be like, all right, I don't, whatever, I'm, I'll just take this money and go. You know, I, I really feel like he's one of those guys that, you know, after all this, he's gonna go if he goes to Chicago or he goes to Florida, he goes, to, he goes to a team that is, is a possible playoff contender. Um, it's gonna be that one little thing that does him in where you know he doesn't he doesn't get his after game Coke or something right at his, right at his <laughs> locker. He,
0: which he's gonna which, be which like, kind of Coke, like a soda or it's going to be like the,
1: the cherry, the cherry Coke okay. <laughs> energy drink. And he's just gonna, it's just going to be like, yeah, well, all right, this is bullshit. I, 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 he's a, gr- he's a strong player. Great player. Absolutely. I just, uh, there's, there's so much that's up in the air with this guy.
0: So they talked about this a little bit on the Hockey Buzz podcast yesterday, and, and obviously some of the contenders that would be out there, once again, Florida and Chicago were some names that came up, but could you see a team like the Rangers that are right there on the cusp of being a playoff contender, picking him up, but not as a defenseman, but as a forward, so moving him back to forward, because you have to remember that's the other thing about Buffalo is they moved him to defense, which he isn't necessarily enthralled with to begin with. Do you think this is a situation where he doesn't want to be a defenseman and maybe wants to play forward again? And if you look at a team like Chicago with Tays and Kane, um, or a young team like New York, could he be like a great third, fourth line winger?
1: Um, with New York, maybe not. Uh, New York's got a lot of, a lot of firepower sitting on the bench waiting. um, If I if I remember, uh, didn't he start out as a defender, got moved up, and then got moved back?
0: So it's impossible to say because he played for the Thrashers and they suck. So yeah, okay, yeah, fair. (laughs) (laughs) I think he came in as a winger, then got moved to defense, and then played winger. And then when he when Winnipeg started getting good, he was moved back to defense. But he's still a a goal threat, a good passer, and, and a very aggressive and physical player. I think he could fit a lot of needs for a lot of teams. I'm kind of curious if he's going to end up landing in the free agent market mid season next year or something like maybe like 20 games in, as opposed to say, if we have a season, I should say that first and foremost, but um, I could see someone taking a waiver on him to fill a gap on the third or fourth line.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Some, somebody could just to get that, that, big that dominant body on the ice but again you know with with just him in general it's 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 always going to be a risk because you don't know what's going to set him off and after Winnipeg you know it could just be it could be anything and then he'll be like all right well I'm done you know and I'd I'd hate to see that play because he is he's a good he's a strong player he just needs I don't want to say he's high maintenance but he I I feel like he's just He's too unpredictable in whether
0: he cares or not. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess, but to me, he never really came off as that player. He, I mean, I, I guess he's a little more high maintenance than some other players because he's a big name. But he played for Winnipeg when they were very bad. And he wasn't the guy that's on the headline every day like Evander Kane when he was in Buffalo, for instance, shitting on the team. So I'm curious on what made him step away from $14 million and basically bail on this season. Is there something more there? And, and still, I think that the line a situation had a lot to fucking do with this over the right. off season and and how long they held out those contracts and whether people were going to get paid or not and who they were going to move, etc. I know Buffalo's probably very comfortable fishing somewhere right now and giving zero fucks, but, you know, if you told me right now I could drop Wayne Simmons and pick up Dustin Bufflin for the for the Devils, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. All right. Fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't
1: know that, that, you know, once he, uh, you know, probably in the future, he's going to come out and explain why he walked away. And it's probably going to be a shock to everybody. Um, it's going to be something crazy. You know, the, the team coach made him wear f- a frilly tutu dress every time he scored a hat trick or something crazy. But who knows? You know, it's once once that comes out, we'll have the full details and we'll be able to look at it and be like, oh yeah, no, I would have walked away too.
0: Yeah, and it's it's very interesting to talk about this season specifically because we've had so many of these coaching allegations of people being, whether it be racist or just complete assholes in the uh, in in the sense of Mike Badcock, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do have these situations that have came up in hockey and maybe he's not ready to leave the league. So he's not ready to burn those bridges. But I am very curious because like I said, uh, when, even when he played for the thrashers and the thrashers were a very bad team and Buffalo, was a very good player, obviously, and still is. It's concerning to me that this man hated this franchise so much. He stepped away from 14 million and did not declare retirement.
1: Yeah. Fair. I mean, that is definitely, uh, Oh, God, I don't even know how to begin with that.
0: <laughs> See, now that you're thinking about it, you're like, why would someone step away from this amount of money if there's not more there? Yeah,
1: there's got to be there's got to be something we're not we're not seeing.
0: It, just nothing really connects. Right. So, I mean, right. He didn't step away from he's not he didn't retire like uh, the, the next topic we're going to go into. He's not like I'm done with hockey. He's like, I still want to play hockey, just not for these fuckers. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he basically Kovachuked without Kovachuking. <laughs> he didn't have to go to a different country <laughs> and no one lost a draft pick or whatever. But you do get you get where I'm going with this is like there's got to be more to this story. And, and as always, we'll try to keep the listeners updated as soon as we know more. But for right now, we just know that this man stepped away from one hell of a contract on a team that's not that bad. Honestly, uh, they were in playoff contention this year, which we don't know. They didn't trade him uh, what the trade deadline was in February, February 25th, something like that. And uh, they didn't trade him then. So they I guess thought he was coming back. So if anything, this sucks for Winnipeg and if you're the NHL, do you give them some kind of compensation <laughs> for this? <laughs> like, like, what do you do? Because now that now that other players know they can do this, let's say PK Subed gets fucking fed up with the Devils or whatever, and he takes his ball and goes goes home for the season. <laughs> do do yeah. the Devils just let him walk from that contract? I mean, that's.
1: I would <laughs> hope. I, I you know this is like such a now now I'm now I'm questioning every decision I'm making on this one. Ugh. That uh, that could set a really bad president, yeah.
0: I mean, you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Because no, I do. I get what you're saying. I mean, it, in theory, he may have showed back up for the playoffs, and the playoffs look like they're not going to be a thing right now, essentially. So I think that's part of the decision. But this does set a precedent for someone that's just like, fuck this team. I don't want to play for them anymore. Like right. if, like, let's say, you know, Austin Matthews gets fed up and toronto regardless of his contract does he just sit out a year this gets into the very nfl situation of shit where players can just sit out and hopefully and i hate this shit in the nfl because they do it all the time where players will just sit for six games and not play like aj green's a good example even though he had a knee injury he basically skipped all of last season um before that was it uh levon Le- Le'Veon Bell, I want to say, did did something very similar. There's multiple situations of this in the NHL and or NFL. And the hope would be like, if I'm an owner, I get with the rest of the owners and I go, nobody better fucking sign this guy. <laughs> like nobody. <Right. laughs> like, uh, because what's going to happen is if he gets signed, that team does well, they make the playoffs or whatever. You set the you set the president of being able to move your own team. It's it's one thing I don't like about the NBA as well. Not to bitch about all sports, but might as well make the the fucking round robin here. Um, NBA's ability for players to kind of do whatever the hell they want once they're free agents and hold out and take less money here because they're going to get advertisement deals and create these super teams, Uh, you know, Golden State, for instance, or uh, even before that, LeBron and Miami. Um, it, It makes the sport not as good as soon as you give the players this much control. And I want the players to have control of their contracts. I want people to get paid. If it's about paying the players more money, that's fine. I'm all good with that. But I do want them to finish their contracts out for whatever team they play with.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, you always want to see that. But at the end of the day, eh, something else might happen that we don't know. So.
0: And I, I mean, that's I guess that's the part that we're going to be stumped on until more comes out, because like I said, I mean, Buffon, you mentioned it little high maintenance, but wasn't known as a troublemaker. By any means, definitely not to the level of like an Evander Kane uh, in Buffalo. (laughs) Uh, So something else happened here, and I'm sure we'll hear about it eventually. And maybe this will make more sense. But the my overall concern is what this does for the league. And, And, you know, Rangers and the Devils have this thing where. We've had players that have spent the entire career with one team, <laughs> and not every team has that, <laughs> but it's super important to us as fans. <laughs> if we sign you that big deal, stay. <laughs> you know, like Brodeur, Stevens, uh, Danko. I mean, there's a reason why Like, I love Niedermeyer, but at the same time, I wouldn't put him on my top favorite Devils because he left. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to toss this one over to you, man. Andre Markov, speaking of retirement or, you know, in in Bufflin's situation, taking your ball and go home. But (laughs) someone that actually retired this year, uh, Andre Markov has decided to retire. And um, unfortunately, he's finishing under a thousand games and he wasn't that far off. I feel like maybe they could have given him some some more games towards the end there. But uh, Mike Camilleri had some great, um, great comments about him, and he said he had the ability to make plays that other guys just didn't. Talking about his vision on the ice, obviously an overall great player, um, not someone that's currently been making a huge effect with the Montreal Canadiens, but he's he's going to be retired a Canadian. Do you have any fond memories of Andre Markov?
1: Uh, Markov specifically, I I can't say off the top of my head anything. Uh anything wild about him specifically um i do know however that he was a really good team player um the guy's the guy's vision on the ice was was immaculate um i want to say he got over what 500 assists in his career um he always was he, he was always there and involved in the play to make sure that his uh His team was there, you know, his team, his teammates were always, were always there and he's like, all right, all right, all right. Open, boom. And then there's the goal. And Markov was always there. And, um, yeah, he won't, uh, he's, he's definitely going to be missed. Um, but you know, between here and the K league, you know, he was, he was just always, he was always involved, you know, almost every play he was there. Um, definitely a very, a very strong and dominant player on the ice, um, always was there to get that assist, and was, you know, if need be, he, he could he could score goals too. Not not as proficient as he could with that assist, but um, he was definitely one of those feeder players that definitely was a big changer on the ice.
0: Yeah, and I mean. He was a really great defensive player, and I think this kind of gets looked over. Even if you look at his last seasons in the NHL, um, say 2016, 2017, he was a plus 18 with 30 assists, 36 points overall. Those points numbers don't jump off the fucking boards, but the plus minus does. And it says a lot about how actually good you're playing on the ice (laughs) in a lot of situations because you have to remember he's probably not playing with the top goal scorers or whatever. Uh, I think it was a very strong force mo- for Montreal, and obviously, like you said, he's he's mostly been in the KHL recently. He had a 16-year uh, NHL career. I think it's kind of a shitty thing Montreal didn't let him get the last 10 games in <laughs> to hit 1,000 games played. <laughs> but it's also a very Montreal Canadiens thing to do. <laughs> but uh he finishes out with 119 goals which is not you know not anything crazy jumping off the page 453 assists off of let's see 16 years played and a total of 572 points i think he was a very good third fourth line player and like i said if you look at the plus minus over the years he he definitely became more defensively responsible um some might call this the suban effect if you're looking at montreal during these years <laughs> where pk suban was playing out of his mind but <laughs> um great player and and hopefully he has a very nice retirement is able to just chill for a while right absolutely i mean i'm it, it it it
1: stinks to see him go but you know he, he definitely he definitely deserves to be remembered for the the strong player that he was he definitely was a uh a good overall, like, one of those guys you can look at and be like, you know, hey, if you want to be a defender, look at this guy.
0: And, and speaking of Subban, because I did bring this up, is Subban did text on Friday after he retired. He said, uh, what made him great, in my opinion, was his ability to identify what teammates' strengths and weaknesses were and adapt his game to make things work on the ice, which is kind of the best thing you can say about someone. Oh, yeah. Is... To, you know, maybe you're not the best player on the ice, but you can make everyone around you better. I think in a lot of ways, that is the absolute best thing you can say about someone, right?
1: Right. I mean, basically, the, the guy's got a very high hockey IQ, you know, and that's what he's he's looking at, and that's, I mean, this, yeah, yeah. Subban gets it right, which I won't say often, but.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's fair. As a Rangers fan. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about old Cam Talbot here. He's willing to leave the Calgary Flames, who may or may not have made the playoffs this year. It's going to be hard to tell at this point Um, because he wants to be he wants a chance of being a number one. Uh, A couple questions here. Do you think Cam Talbot's out of his mind as a number one goalie? And if not, where could you see him landing as a number one goalie? All
1: right. Well, to answer your first one, um, no, absolutely not. He is not out of his mind. Um, I've been, I've been following him since his time with the Connecticut whale in the AHL uh, around the 2010, 2011 timeframe. And, uh, a very, very strong goaltender, um, going over to Edmonton very strong. Uh, it's only recently that he's been kind of slacking, um, who he could go to that's that's a tough one part of me wants to see him put on you know the blue shirt again even though he's really not needed here um but he could definitely uh i could see him making an impact somewhere maybe like vegas or um hmm, maybe putting
0: him putting on the fucking blue shirt again as base you guys collecting goalies like they're fucking Pokemon yeah (laughs) essentially you know uh, the way
1: the way New York right now is looking at goaltending is how can we get all of them if none of the other teams have a goaltender we will win games (laughs) I'm
0: I'm just I can't wait till the draft when the devil's somehow send McKenzie Blackwood for a bag of pucks to the Rangers
1: Well, with the, with the way the Rangers are doing it, man, you know, with with the AHL goalie trades, I mean, they they're, they're sitting on so many goalies, it's not even funny anymore.
0: So, but I mean, I I, I mostly know Cal- Talbot. I, I know he played for the for the Rags, unfortunately, but <laughs> I I mostly know him from Edmonton and, and Philly, and I remember him being pretty solid. But at this point in his career, he's thirty-two. And looking around the league at teams he could possibly go to who would take a flyer on him as a number one is more of the problem, right? So whose number one goaltending situation is so shitty they need a 32-year-old Cam Talbot in net? Ah, Detroit. Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, I mean, they do have fucking – Howard is still in net there. Hungry, hungry Howie, as I like to call him. You know, I mean, honestly, I – if, if flurry
1: is going to step away from hockey you know or take a take a break and want to relax a little bit i feel like Talbot, uh, Talbot would be a great filler uh there uh to take a number one slot um because they do have the defenders um that's really all he needs he needs some defenders in front of him and he can be dominant um if he's not getting the help on the ice he's he's gonna he's gonna lose everything and see i that's, feel like that's the
0: biggest way i can look at that I feel like Fleury's the guy you're going to have to drag off the ice. Honestly. You,
1: you really think Fleury's going to be dragged off the ice? That's what's going to have to happen?
0: I do, because I think he wants that one fuck you Stanley Cup. Because they <laughs> traded him from the Penguins. And if I was him, I'd want the same thing too. He's like, look, I won you games in the Stanley Cup, won two cups with you guys, and then you fucking put me like on waivers like I'm nothing? <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna be
1: sitting there. He's gonna be the Yarmir Yager goaltending. He's gonna be like, how long of a mullet do I have to grow
0: to get a goddamn cup? (laughs) I mean, but like honestly, think about it. He's that's gotta be like the most disrespected the goaltender's ever been treated in the NHL. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Yeah. And 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 I blame part of this on you, you fucking (laughs) Pins fans out there burying this guy after he won you cups like. It's So yeah, bad. I mean, like, at least the Devils fans, we still wrote or de- we, we we were we were still ride or die when Broder was towards the end of his career. You know what I mean? Like, we're still like Broder's still our boy. <laughs> but like, these fucking fans are turning on this guy, and he's in the playoffs, winning them games. Like, yeah. And he went you to know, another and, team. And it's
1: always that it's it's always that guy that you know never played hockey that's gonna sit there and be like. Oh, yeah, I could have stopped that goal. Yo, what the hell, man? That guy's trash, garbage goaltender, worst I've ever seen. You know, because he
0: lost one playoff game. It's like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> he won cups with you guys. And then he almost won another one. True. On a fucking true. expansion team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's a,
1: that's a lot. I mean, definitely one of those dudes that's probably one of the strongest uh, behind the net, absolutely. Or, I'm sorry, in front of the net. Um, and for him to go to a team their first year and get them as far as they went, that's
0: that says a lot, you know? It really does. And also, he's one of my favorite aggressive goalies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> when, when he comes out of net on a breakaway, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. When, when a goalie comes out of net on a breakaway, it may be my favorite thing in hockey. Like... <laughs> oh yeah absolutely it's so great there's an um god morazic he hasn't done it in a while but when morazic was in detroit he had a couple of great come out of the net and be super aggressive hasik style because he was a huge (laughs) hasik fan and it's it's just always phenomenal to watch because i mean it takes such a sack because you're leaving the net wide open if you fuck up right so (laughs) oh yeah it's just one of those
1: things where if you if you miss your shot, you're like, uh that's a goal. <laughs> you know, you got you gotta hope they can mess it up somehow.
0: Unless you're dominant caustic and you throw half your equipment at the person. <laughs> 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 Just getting <laughs> naked as like, the guy's yeah. on his breakaway, like, nope, nope, I got enough ammo here. <laughs> Fucking flip your own net over. I'll take the penalty. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> oh <laughs> um, man. So uh well, no, go ahead.
1: Let's, uh, let's 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 bring it up a little bit. Um, definitely some good news, uh, for all you hockey fans out there. <clears throat> uh, Hall of Famer Dale Howard uh, as many of you probably know, um, stepped away from his coaching position. He's coaching the uh, Barry Colts in the o- Ontario Hockey League, the OHL. Um, in 2019, he stepped away. You know, he's like, oh, due to medical issues, I'm gonna step away. Um, later on, comes to be revered uh, revealed. Sorry. That, uh, Dale is suffering from stomach cancer. Um, and this week he rung the bell of hope in Barry, uh, to signify that he has finished his final round of chemo. Um, and you know, just to kind of raise morale around the hospital, Hey, he did it. You can too. Um, so he went ahead and he, he rung the bell. So hopefully, you know, if all goes well, cancer can go in remission and and Howard Chuck will live a, a, a longer life. Um, so that's definitely, uh, definitely a little bit of good news on my part. You know, I Howard Chuck. I mean, what, what can't you say about that guy?
0: Great player. Probably the best Winnipeg Jets player of all time. Am I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong on
1: that? Oh, Oh God. He was, uh, he was a, uh, in
0: Arizona. He's a man of honor, uh, for his time there. Cause I mean, he, what he had, let me look at the stat sheet real quick. Six. Plus 100 point seasons with Winnipeg on a very bad Winnipeg Jets team. <laughs> guys, guys a <laughs> monster. So, uh, absolute phenomenal, and 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 I am uh, I'm glad to hear this, especially with everything going on in the hospitals and how crazy the world is right now. Um, the, the Bella Hope I think signifies even more than just uh, being like or fighting cancer. It signifies a lot that's going on, especially in the medical world.
1: Absolutely. Um <clears throat> so that was uh that's well speaking of medical world, uh guess we can throw it over to uh <laughs> our good old friend John Davidson, uh president
0: of Who? the New York Rangers. Who? <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of this guy right now. This is one hell of a cookie duster. I'll give him credit on that. I, all... His mustache is I mean, it's no Lanny
1: McDonald, however, it is a pretty good mustache. It's a
0: thick, it's a very fucking well groomed mustache for this guy that has such a bad haircut. I'll say that. <laughs> well, I mean, and you don't got a lot of
1: hair, you're not gonna have a great haircut, let's be real.
0: Well, just um, go all the way bald with it. What the hell is he hanging on to? Looks like a fucking <laughs> a spider laid a web on top of his head and just kind of left it there. <laughs> Every time he goes into an arena
1: He walks through a specific spot That he knows there's going to be a spider in the bushes And that's, boom, got the hair on <laughs> Alright, continue on I'm done shitting on the Rangers for today <laughs> Well, you know with, with the scary time in regards to everything Going on with the hospitals and the coronavirus And everything um, Rangers President John Davidson Says that The 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 real heroes Oh, those people, those doctors and, you know, the all those people in those hospitals that are on the front lines of this. Um, God, there I go again. When it, uh, you know, doing a little research into this, uh, his daughter is actually a pediatric emergency medicine doctor in St. Louis uh, Children's Hospital. He also has a grandson that he's never met, of course, due to the fact that uh, coronavirus is occurring so, for him to go out and say, "You know this is who we have to look at. these guys are the heroes they've they've done their work, they're doing their work, they're out there every day, day in, day out, Give them the credit that they deserve uh, yeah i i I can't really disagree with them uh, yeah. you know, these guys are going out there doing their jobs, they're doing their jobs and they're uh, they're keeping everyone else safe while while hockey's on a hiatus, hey, don't look at us, look at them. Don't don't worry about what we're doing. We're we're at home hating our lives just as much as you are. Look at these people that day in and day out are going into work and doing their jobs while all this is going on. So I, I, I give a little bit of respect to him
0: for that one. Definitely. Yeah. Massive respect to uh, the Rangers organization in general, because before we knew this was going to be massive shutdown, um Madison Square Garden paid all of its employees the same as Prudential Center with the New Jersey Devils like I've talked about in the past the Atlanta Hawks did the same thing they paid their employees up to a certain point point. Um, and him coming out and saying this and kind of putting the focus away he's like hey look sports are fun everybody likes sports but like these people are out here risking their lives to do a service for you and for the people that are sick and you should pay attention to that, and maybe focus your worship towards that. I guess to some extent, um, is brilliant and a great move. And uh, and and by brilliant, I don't mean that I think this is some kind of weird calculated Rangers plan. I think that he was just being <laughs> a very honest, genuine person about this. And I would say the same thing, man. Like, you know, be nice. Definitely tell your Uber, FedEx, UPS drivers, thank you, police officers, medical workers. Uh, this is a crazy time And they, they are out there risking their lives To some extent with everything that's going on In the, the world and I hate to say that Because everyone said that but with COVID-19 and What's out there and what we know about it now Like these people are there on the front line And not just them but grocery store Employees anyone that's out there As an essential business that's not WWE because Wrestling is not an essential business as much As I love it <laughs> Um <laughs> Sorry, I I I made myself pop. Uh, I thought this was a very great statement, and hopefully, you know, we've seen really good owners like like I said, uh, Travis Slink from uh, the Atlanta Hawks, um, Mark Cuban. A lot of people have been really, I think, even with sports being the way it is, have been really positive. In the situation and pointing out the fact that it's like, hey, look, it's just sports, man. People's lives matter more. And that's how this came off to me. And I don't know if it came off the same way to yours, uh, to you, but I thought it was a really nice sentiment. Absolutely. You know, I,
1: I'm not, i not I'm going to agree with you because this is going to sound really bad. I, it, it's not some publicity stunt. However, PR during this time can affect a company just as much as profits can. There can be some companies that treat their employees pretty crappy during this time, and when the world gets back to normal, you're going to see a sharp decline in their profit margins. Um,
0: Well, yeah, I mean, are going to remember
1: everything going on.
0: Well, he's no Knicks owner. (laughs) You know come what I mean? on now like if you want to come on now <laughs> wait you a knicks fan
1: <laughs> no oh no but <laughs> okay. the guy who owns the knicks who else does he own
0: yeah i who the, well okay well he ran spike lee out of the building <laughs> He's been a <laughs> season ticket holder for like 40 years so <laughs> oh my gosh not to not to try to throw focus back on sports continue forward i i feel like that this was a good statement but maybe uh you know, no,
1: it's basically what I'm saying is PR is going to affect these companies just as much as the profits would during the normal times, you know, giving it up to uh, the vice president of Guitar Center, actually, who forego forgave his entire salary so that it could be disseminated down so that the employees of Guitar Center could have two weeks off paid and not have to worry about anything, you know, stuff like that. People are going to remember that and they're going to they're going to continue to shop at those places. Now, you know, let's say we go to another spot where they know they're not taking care of their employees. People are going to shop there less and less. They're going to find alternatives because they're going to remember, oh, this place treated these guys like crap when the world needed them. Next. So I, I definitely give it up. You know, the people that are, you know, the guys higher up that it's it's crazy that he can forgive or forego his entire salary to sustain his company for two weeks that blows my mind regardless but it, it's still a good gesture and definitely gained a lot of um a lot of good looks public relations wise
0: yeah and guitar center kind of needs them because they are basically oh, the game stop of, yeah, of buying things
1: uh hey i'm <laughs> but, turning in this 1968 original les paul all right yeah we'll
0: give you 10 bucks and a ukulele Best I can do is five dollars. just yeah. style. Um, No, it is. It, it, that is that it was a very good gesture. They're owned by musician's friend now, right?
1: I'm, I'm not 100 percent on who they are owned by directly.
0: Well. Now you guys can feel comfortable stimulating the economy for Guitar Center, all the listeners out there. <laughs> you got your stimulus check. If you've been looking at that prized Randy Rhodes Flying V made by Jackson in Korea, <laughs> you, you can pick one of those up for the low, low price of maybe eight ninety nine. I think, if you want the hard version. If you want the Floyd Rose, it's probably going to cost you a little bit more. But uh it does have that fifty nine in the neck and that J B in the bridge, so just classic Randy Rhodes tones all day. Okay, I'm done geared. Well talking. no,
1: you know <laughs> if we're gonna throw it back, man, how about we uh how about we just kick it up to eighty eight miles per hour and go back a little farther? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you like that? I like
1: that. That was a little geeky, you know, a little geeky reference to throwing our geek vibe nation buddies yes. over there.
0: One that has made it through the podcast thus far.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one's listening now. I understand. So, uh, back in 1996, on this day in hockey history, Corey on Hirsch, <laughs> on this day, yeah, Mr. Corey Hirsch, during his rookie season, picked up his first playoff start as a goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks during their 5 4 win in Colorado, game two, the Western Conference quarterfinals. Now, for those of you who remember 1996, the uh, I don't. Uh, Colorado would go on to win the Stanley Cup that year after sweeping the Florida Panthers 4-0, which
0: shouldn't be a surprise. Absolute shit out of Detroit. This is the start of the <laughs> the Detroit Wars, thanks to your boy Claude Lemieux, who also started <laughs> shit with Detroit the year before when the Devils won the Stanley Cup in 95. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a, little, a little background on Hirsch, though. Um,
1: he's a silver Olympic gold medalist and a bronze medalist for the ice hockey world championships, uh, out of 1994 and 1995, respectively, uh, both playing for team Canada. Now in, in the CHL, he was, he was an amazing player. Um, he made the AHL first team NHL all rookie team goaltender of the year, 1994, definitely, you know, or goaltender of the month for December, 1994, definitely a, a, a relatively strong player, but outside of that. The only good thing I could see is he got divorced, and that's that's a good choice in my opinion. Always, but I mean that's you know other than that he hasn't done much. Um, It's just hey, here's a crazy little coincidence today. You know he got his first playoff start during his rookie season, which is pretty cool. But when you
0: when you said he got divorced, I thought you were gonna make a Martin Brodier joke after like right after. (laughs) (laughs) I just expected it. Well, he
1: didn't. He didn't have a Sean Avery having sex with his
0: wife. So, <laughs> well, he was having sex with his wife's sister. So there's that. Suck on that. You guys want to rent some cars?
1: <laughs> Enterprise. Yeah.
0: I love you, Birderski. <laughs> Don't take this personal. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much it for the day. Unless you have a Hall of Fucking Awesome nominee, are we going to put Howard Chuck in, or do you have someone else in mind?
1: I, I, I thought Howard Chuck was actually already in it. Is he? Hmm. I, I want to say I don't have a full out written list of who's in and who's not. Um, Since we knocked our bouncer out, I, I don't think anybody's even watching the door.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, well, ever since we put Scott Stevens in, there's no one there. we got to find a new <laughs> defenseman. I mean, I guess we could go, like, Maybe 2009 Dion Phaneuf. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) When he was just absolutely cranking people until the NHL was like, hey, y'all do that. (laughs) (laughs) What's a charge? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like I I was talking about this the other day. And uh, we we can have this conversation because you've watched hockey a fucking long time. So let's have this conversation, right? So. I went back and I watched Tampa Bay versus Detroit's playoff series recently. Uh the last time Detroit was good. And then you still had uh <laughs> you still you still had Pavel Datsuk, you still had uh fucking Wolverine. What the hell is his name? Fucking the other guy <laughs> that had all the back surgeries. What the hell is his name? I can't think I got anyway, let me look up this. All right. Uh 2014 Detroit roster. I don't know why his name is escaping me right now. You had uh, Howard and Nat. They let's, let's put it this way. They still had a pretty decent team. But on the back line, you, you still had Cronwall, who's known for Cronwalling, which is they told him he could not lift his skates. He could not hit anyone with the shoulder. If he made contact with the head purposely, he would get suspended or whatever. So in the middle of the series, he... Sees the guy coming across the blue line. He turns to put his back to him, to Cronwall him. <laughs> Essentially, does not lift, <laughs> but hits him with his back. The only clean way you can hit anyone in hockey nowadays without, you know, if you unless you're fucking Taylor Hall where you catch people behind the net and, and you don't get suspended because you're Taylor Hall. Um, he cranks the shit out of, I think it was Taylor Johnson, and then he gets a game suspension. And the Red Wings are just completely eliminated from the playoffs directly after because he was their best defenseman. What do you think they're going to do about hitting in the AHL at some point? Because if you if I could go back and show you this play, (laughs) where this guy clearly made an effort to not hit anyone as hard as possible. Like he had to go out of his way to make this hit (laughs) happen. Whereas like if it was 95 and Scott Stevens was there, this guy would probably be dead and laying in the front row. Uh, (laughs) What do you think about hitting in the NHL at this point? Um, There's,
1: you know, the hits, the fights, what is hockey known for? It's known for the hits. It's known for the fights. It's known for the missing teeth. Um, I'm not going to put any blame, you know, and mention any names Shanahan, uh, as to why hitting and all that has gone downhill, you know, in the name of
0: player safety.
1: Well, you're fighting is bad.
0: Of course fighting is fucking <laughs> Fighting is fucking bad and he had Bob Probert as an enforcer. Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's I I don't, you know, in the in the name of player safety
1: or in the sake of player safety, it's it's probably going to get worse um, before it gets better than anything. Um, however, it's I, – I, I don't want to see hockey lose its hitting And um, the way it looks like it's really starting to to slide. It's starting to slide because charging is getting called for calls that really aren't even charging. Now, of course, there are some where the guys will take 18 steps – just to go and and hit this guy where you can't do that. But you also have guys that can make a decent hit as he's releasing the puck. And they're like, I don't want to get called. And they just kind of brush up against him. It's like, come on. Like, I I get it. I I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt him. You don't want to hurt him, but just think that little bit that you slowed down so that you didn't get a big hit on this guy. That could have been the break where you could have poke checked if you kept that speed. Uh, But, it's it's one of those things. It's just I, th- I think it's just the it's one of those things that was going to develop with hockey overall was a, a, the less and less of, of just hits and big hits and knockouts and more more impleta- implementation of player safety rules, charging um, stuff like that. While we may not agree with it because, you know, we we grew up on old school hockey. It's it's probably just one of those uh, you know necessary evils to protect the players.
0: I I think more of my problem is there's no clear defined rules. And when a guy goes out of his way to try to make a clean hit and still get suspended, what does that really leading <sighs> with? Yeah, it's it,
1: They have to they have to come together with all of the referees and give them clear defined what is and what isn't. But the problem is every hit is different. So they're I mean, going I
0: mean they are, but if a guy clearly turns his back oh, to the yeah, opponent no. crossing the blue line to hit said person and still catches a suspension, like in what world can you tell me there's a good way to have a clean hit? You're yeah. just basically telling me every big hit could be a suspension.
1: Yeah, they're going to look they're going to look at everything and I mean, <laughs> look, dude, Cronwall, Cronwall is a monster. That dude could lay the cleanest of hits anywhere on the ice and it didn't matter and these guys were they were done after they after they got Cronwald, they were done they're like i need a bench and a bag of peas
0: like (laughs) i mean which is fine but then you look at someone like taylor hall they catches someone behind the net and gets zero shit for it yeah and i i I agree that with the devils but he fucking cranked some people behind the net like one guy actually got skated over top that played for Winnipeg his name escapes me but if you look up that uh Taylor Hall hit on the the guy from Winnipeg behind the net right. it's that's fucking way dirtier than what most defensemen are actually trying to do <laughs> the the way I the way I think they got
1: to look at it is they got to they got to take player safety into account absolutely however not every big hit is a bad hit you know, some some of these big hits are definitely something that that are like that's that's clean, everything's okay with that. You could be mad about it, sure, but there's nothing wrong with it. He did everything he had to. It's 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 gonna be tough. They have they're gonna have to take into account player safety, but they're also gonna have to take in the fact that they're playing fucking hockey. And there's going to be those hits.
0: Well and I mean, they, don't, the they don't take into account they don't take an account player safety in general. They make these people wear full fucking masks. So it's a half acid
1: I mean, you, you want to look other. at that? I mean, <laughs> women's hockey does it.
0: <laughs>
1: College hockey does it. You have,
0: to, you have to see Crosby's face, or you won't like the NHL. That's.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> I, I, I think what it is. I think what it is is that they uh, they had such an issue with getting people to wear visors. That's why they haven't pushed for the full faces yet. I mean, do you remember when people people were like, all right, you have to wear visors? OK. And what did everyone do? <laughs> they, they, had did tilted they, they, they did as the far as they, they
0: could. Chronicle. Yeah, they tilted that thing up to their forehead. Basically, and and then by the way, it still covers
1: half an inch of my forehead. I'm good.
0: (laughs) I was talking about the strongest man in Sweden, Henrik Zetterberg earlier. I couldn't think of his name, but uh, former Detroit Red Wing captain, great fucking player. Henrik Zetterberg reminds me of uh, Yarmir Jagr when you go into the boards, specifically very grindy ass fucking player. Great player. Um, But yeah, that's who I was trying to think of earlier. And uh, as far as like the hits go, I, I totally get what you're saying. I love player safety. I want people to be safe and not get hurt. But then also then Brad Marchand should be always suspended all the time. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, 100% (laughs) agree.
1: Uh, Brad Marchand should actually be banned from the game of hockey altogether.
0: So if you're going to like the the and, and the reason this came up is because I was watching, like I said, I was watching that playoff series where he caught that suspension. It's like, what do you do? Like, how do you hit someone if your forward can kill? Basically, if the devil's forward can kill a man, (laughs) but you have (laughs) to turn your back and slow down to hit a guy (laughs) and catch a suspension. Like, (laughs) what do you do? And I think this is part of the reason that Fudnoff fell off a cliff, is that because he was known as such a big hitter, anytime he would lay the wood on anyone, he would catch shit like this the same way as Cronwall and and Cronwall had knee surgeries and stuff so and he had kind of a longer stint at the top than Dion Phaneuf but Phaneuf is a prime example where he was crunching fuckers and then just fell off a cliff when all these hard hit suspensions started coming out
1: right absolutely it's <clears throat> Something we're definitely going to – it's its going to be interesting to watch. Let's say that, you know, the ch- the changes that are going to develop. It's definitely going to be something that we're going to be watching and be like, all right, well, that's – there's going to be some things we're not happy about, but there's going to be some things we're going to be pretty fine with. I
0: mean, like, I love a big hit, but I also love offensive defensemen. Like, if you can move the puck, like, I, Niedermeyer's one of my favorites of all time. Lidstrom, fucking great. They're not – Oh n- yeah chitters like they're fucking great players really good at moving the puck so i'm not like saying that hockey needs huge hits i just want it more what the idea of a clean hit is (laughs) and then not penalizing people because they lay a big hit in the immortal words of ovechkin from earlier this year it's hockey it's not a ballet (laughs) (laughs) like
1: (laughs) with the with the uh with the phase out of enforcers, I think we're going to see some some rule rule changes in regards to that because a lot there's a lot more offensive defensemen, uh you know puck moving defensemen, play play making defensemen. There, overall, there's a lot more of that. No more of this. I'm going to go out there and hit and fight. Um no, there's no more of that. So there there's changes again. You know necessary evils that are going to just develop. So it's definitely going to be something interesting to watch. But you're right. You know it's not it's not ballet it is hockey it's not a bad way so <laughs> it's definitely all gonna, gonna be fun that
0: way. <laughs> and i think that pretty much wraps up the show we kind of rambled for a little bit but hopefully it was entertaining for you guys i'm gonna pass it over to you keegan you give everybody your uh, shout outs etc and then i'll take it home all right well i guess
1: that's gonna do it for this week's episode of skates the throats i want to give a big shout out To our buddy, uh, Mr. Dakota Shock, who couldn't join us on this episode due to the fact that he is building a baby nursery. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it's for baby birds at his, you know, nature preserve or if it's for what it is. But, (laughs) you know, on this podcast,
0: (laughs) we we do have to we do have to worry that he is starting an exotic bird fighting league now. (laughs) We gave
1: him the idea. He's already copyrighted it. (laughs) He's it. Uh, so big shout out to you, buddy. Uh, we miss you. We'll see you next week. Um, that'll do it for me. You know you can find me at Lolo underscore Keegan on damn near every sort of social media device that you have. And I am ready to play you on the Xbox whenever you send me the invite. That's going to do it for me, <laughs> Mr. Chris. Go ahead, take it away.
0: You're not gonna you're not gonna talk about how you're on the bird and how you own the the gram. Well,
1: I did, man. I'm, you know, every sort of social media <laughs> there is, it's at l-O L O underscore K-E-E-G-A-N. Every social media. All
0: right. Well, let's see if I can get my name right this week. You can hit me at at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. <laughs> there are multiple episodes of Wrestling Geeks Alliance posted up for you guys. Make sure you go to GeekVibesNation.com our good friends there got all the comic news they're doing movie reviews they're doing trivia they're doing sports they're doing yeah, we're doing all sorts of crazy shit over here trying to keep everyone entertained but uh yeah that's going to be it for us guys and as always peace out and let the geek vibes be with you